Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. Whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com DVR today. Welcome back to Daily DVR. You can find out more about this podcast and all of our great podcasts that we produce on shows like The Bachelor, Mindhunter, Game of Thrones, Westworld, Veronica Mars, so many more at DVRpodcast.com. You can also sign up to get ad-free podcasts and ton of tons of exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash DVR. Want to give a shout out to all the patrons, especially Gina Kellum, Grandpa James, and guess what? I've got a very special guest. It's the man himself. It's been a long time. I'm so happy to have him on. He dissected Dexter, and he's here now just to talk to us. No dissecting. It's Gareth. What's up, buddy? Hey, Axel. Thanks for having me on. It's fantastic to speak to you. It's been years since we last podcasted together. I, I, I'm trying to remember when we last podcasted was it the daddy cast before Lachlan was born possibly <laughs> no no I think we've we think did a couple since then. then yeah you've been on oh, yeah. yeah you've been on here a couple times I think it's only been maybe a year and a half yeah yeah I think you were on and we were talking <laughs> maybe it may have even been before game of just before game of thrones maybe it was I remember doing uh Sons of Anarchy podcast with you and oh. Heath Man, uh, I can days. remember that. Riding uh, through this world. Oh, <laughs> I it's, love it. uh, time flies though, doesn't it? And it flies it quicker the older you get. That's what I've found. And yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's that great story. It was one of my favorite Stephen King stories. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting the name. Oh, my pretty pony. It's called. Um, and it is about a grandfather explaining to his grandson about time and how you perceive it and how, when you're a kid, it goes really fast. And then as you get older, it slows down and then it starts going really fast again. Yeah. And it, the, it was, it's a great story. He actually did this whole book for like the museum of modern art and it had a clock embedded in it. Mm. It was like an art project that he did. He's, he's done so much cool stuff like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you, man. Yeah, it, it flows by too quick. But we'll make sure <laughs> that today is not a waste of time. But I'm bump. See, so I didn't did use the other podcast name because I was saving it for another joke. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Um, yeah. Well, go ahead, buddy. No, I was just going to say, it's, it's it just reiterates, it's great to talk to you and... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up and, and diving into a few bits and pieces that we've been enjoying during this lockdown period and whatever else comes up. Yeah, 
I, I, I am too, buddy. And there has been so much going on. I mean, we should just kind of get like, how has your whole quarantine been going? How's it over there in the UK? It's been, uh, I mean, my personal experience, uh, and although I should first say it's been absolutely awful for so many people. And, um, obviously our our hearts go out to those who've, who've been affected by this awful virus, um, not just with health, but with, you know, economic impacts and employment implications and all that stuff. Uh, personally, I, I feel very, very lucky uh, that it hasn't it, it's been a positive time for us as a family. Um, I work in an industry that has uh, that has kept going through this. I, I work for an Internet provider and uh, we supply Internet to uh, the public sector um in 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 our county uh so that's um schools and libraries or schools have been closed but um uh doctor surgeries hospitals so so we've kept going um but we've been working from home so we got sent home uh towards the end of march just before uh boris johnson locked everything down um and, and obviously you can argue whether we should have locked down a bit sooner but um it's we we as a family feel really grateful that we've had all this uh, brilliant family time. We've had six months yeah. together, and I, I'm sure there are some families that might have been pulling their hair out, having to uh, stay indoors together for all that time. But um, it's been a really good experience. As I say, I've been working, so there's you know that my wages have continued to come in. Uh, my wife is a, a, a mental health nurse, uh, a student mental health nurse. Um, so she's been able to continue her studies, um, to, to a large extent from home. Um, and, and now things have been easing. We've been, uh, venturing out a little bit. We've not overdone it. Um, obviously the, you, you'll have seen pictures of, uh, crowded beaches here in the UK and, um, you've probably had similar things there when as yeah, soon as everywhere, right? things start to ease. Yeah. Everybody piles out like everything's all right again. And it, you just think it's not it's not it's still around it's around just just be careful just be sensible um but you know unfortunately there's a large percentage of the population that seem to have no common sense or or they think that wearing a face mask suddenly means you're immune um but you know what can you do you just have to do what you can as an individual and and protect you and your own as best you can but no it's, it's been a positive experience um and we've been grateful for the time we've had together because otherwise, you know, the kids have been at, would have been at school. I'd have been at work Monday to Friday. Yeah, um, it'd have been business as usual. You know what? So Gareth? I'm not looking forward to to going back to the office full time. <laughs> I, I have to say, man, I am. I'm so glad that that's your perspective, and I'm not. I'm not surprised. I know that you're an optimistic cat, just like myself, and I have really. I feel the same way. I mean, I think that it's. It's terrible, the cost um, of lives of not only the people who have succumbed to this, but all the people who aren't going to the doctor because they don't want to get COVID. So their cancer is detected later. Um, There's going to be a whole host, your wife, mental health, all the mental health issues, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think actually on the mental health level, I have actually felt great. You know, I've experienced anxiety and depression in my life before, and I've had none of that during this. 
I mean, a little bit of staying up late thinking, okay, are we going to be living in walking dead times? And, you know, like two weeks, I'm going to be like, Carl, I'm going to have to rename my son. I'm going to say, Lachlan, your new name's Carl. Carl. We're going on the road. Carl. Carl. Um, start calling my wife Michonne. Uh, but, um, that, you know, that's been, but generally exactly what you said. I've enjoyed having my wife home. I've enjoyed being around my son. Um, it's a struggle with him, you know, wanting to go out and play with all his friends. So that's kind of tough to explain that to him, you know, but we have kind of like a pod in our neighborhood of like another couple and some kids that we play with. Um, I shouldn't say we, he, I don't really play with them, but I guess maybe I do. Maybe, you know, we ride bikes and stuff like <laughs> it's that. Okay. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that sounded weird, but, um, it's been, you know, we try to keep it safe. And like you say, just, it kind of brings every, in a way, this thing, which is so macro, right. Worldwide yeah. humanity versus a virus. Right. I mean, what, yeah. it's the original story, man versus nature, right. Um, yeah. or man versus themselves. And then on the, but it brings you really to focus on the micro, which is what's important at your house, your friends, the people that you really, the people you want to call and talk to, you know, um, like I said, one of the things with the podcast, I've had to scale back, but I've been kind of excited about it. I get to talk to you, been doing pods with Andy, Gina came on, Bill Cobb is coming on. I'm like, instead of doing like the next big TV show. I'm kind of pulling back and just talking to individuals and having conversations. And uh, that's been pretty cool, man. The kids especially. Yeah. I've had a really good time just kind of hanging out with my son and doing things around the house. Yeah. Yeah, we um yeah, we've spent lots of lots of family time together. The uh the kids, I have to be honest, have spent an awful lot of time on their computers they've both got their own yeah. laptops uh but you know thankfully thank thanks be for things like minecraft and roblox um roblox. Uh, and they, oh, no. they get, do you know that one? Oh my god lachlan <laughs> is obsessed i was just watching this dude kev m or something like that and he does like there was like roblox escape from jail and he watches the youtube he plays it with his cousin yeah. too yeah yeah there are some uh there's a small group of kids that that my boys uh play with online that they know from real life as well uh but obviously through lockdown they've not been able to see each other face to face but they've kept contact daily contact um online and it's 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 been great um and neither of them are really ones for going out and playing like like i did when i was a kid i was always out on my bike going to the yeah. woods yeah getting up to mischief, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming back with bumps and scrapes, um, <laughs> like probably all kids did of our generation, but, uh, everything's online. They almost everything's online these days, but it's been a godsend for so many people in, in order to keep contact. And like you, you talk about mental health, you know, I'm sure it's saved the mental health of a lot of people to be able to load yeah. up Skype and, and talk to a loved one. Um, it's, uh, it, it's been good. My, my parents live, three hours away we've we've been able to keep in regular contact and yeah. um we've been able to see each other over the the webcam 
because uh, my parents are in both in their 70s so certainly for the first few months of lockdown like like all um uh, shall we say senior citizens uh they they were requested to to self-isolate yeah. um whether they had symptoms or not just for their own good um and my mum in particular she's used to uh being active and going out she loves bird watching she loves rambling um she's very active uh and and it hit her quite hard to begin with suddenly having to stay in um and and she struggled at the beginning um but uh she sort of uh found her way and uh got used to the new situation um and of course she's not alone um but uh being able to speak over skype and over the phone regularly has um sort of saved a, a lot of people's marbles i think Oh, definitely. Have you found it with your family? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I call my mama every day and we chat, we do the FaceTime and actually just before this all went down, my mom and her husband had sent Lachlan out an Alexa, you know, little round things. You just say, yeah. Alexa, do this, whatever. <laughs> and it was originally for him to listen to like music in his room, you know, in lieu of a radio yeah. or whatnot. Cause I had actually gotten him a little like clock radio, but he was, for some reason, he was just like, dad, it always sounds bad. Like, you know, <laughs> cause he's going down the dial and he's used to, of course, high fidelity. Yeah. Um, so they got him that and he really started using it to just call people. Cause like myself, he talks a lot. And, no. uh, yeah, believe it or not, um, I'm, I actually, I always say to my wife, it's like, I'm always saying to kids, like, why do you talk so loud all the time, dude? And my wife's like, cause he has to talk over you. And I was like, hmm, Ouch. You, you have a point though. You're right. I'm not going to argue. Um, but he calls yeah. all the family. So he calls my yeah. mom, he calls my brother, my sister, his cousin, he'll sit playing Roblox with the Alexa, like right next to him with his cousin, Reagan, who only lives like 20 minutes away, but you know, they're the, um, her parents, my in-laws are working. So we're trying to keep distance, you know, because they go out and she's a real estate agent. He brews beer and he just kind of got back to work. So we're trying to still be safe about it, but they'll sit there for an hour or two playing the Roblox talking at the same time that they're talking on the Alexa. Um, but actually just this morning, I took away the little uh, tablet and I was like, you know what? You got to be bored because I think it's important that kids are bored. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be bored. You have to sit like, then I'll come back into the room and I'll discover him. He's taken like a bunch of sticks and he's playing, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, it really activates the imagination. So though I agree, the, the online stuff can be a godsend and it gives you a kind of can keep you in touch with other people, make you feel as if you're, you know, just connecting. Also, sometimes it's good for those kids to just absolutely do nothing. So I sometimes I'll just pull it away from them. I try not to yeah. be too mean about it, though. But sometimes I kind of am. Cruel, cruel to be kind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. His, his boredom can um, can give birth to all sorts of uh, yeah. other uh, activities, shall we say? Um, Ethan, uh, my youngest, he um, well, he turned uh, twelve during lockdown, so he's not that young anymore but um 
he has uh, been doing a lot of stop motion animation with his awesome. Lego figures during lockdown, um, and he's produced several short films. His his latest one, he's recreated the the fight between uh, oh, spoilers for Revenge of the Sith. Um, <laughs> he's recreated the fight between Anakin and Obi Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Nice, uh, complete with voiceover, um, and he. Um, he showed it to me only yesterday, um, and he's he's he does quite a good Ewan McGregor impression actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. He really he really commits to it. Yeah, <laughs> My just to the Republic. <laughs> uh, That's awesome, uh, man! Wow, I would be music. so proud. Yeah, I said, where did you get the music from? He said, oh, I borrowed Mum's mobile and I had it queued up on YouTube, nice. ready to play at the right moment. So we had John Williams ready to go. Uh, and he's done, he's done some Harry Potter animation. Um, he's got all sorts of minifigures from different genres. So, uh, you know, the, the world's his oyster. Um, and he's been looking at some tutorials on YouTube of, you know, try and get a few tips of, of things to try. Um, uh, my, uh, eldest Samuel, he's, um, he's 14 this year and he's been teaching himself, um, scripting, coding on Roblox to uh create his own game so he's done all the visuals and he's doing all this scripting coding all the scripts in the background to make it work uh and that's all self-taught um that is awesome dude see that, that, that's but... you that's the creativity and see that's like kind of uh, that's like i always say i like to be proven wrong you can't the electronic you know you can transform that into something that's creative and keeps you yes. thinking and interacting with the world I think that's kind of like the middle ground. I guess he was doing a little bit too much of um, just head in it looking, you know, which I think it's, that's all, man, that is so, that gives me hope for humanity. The fact that he got the mom's phone to queue up on a different thing and then play. That's the kind of stuff I used to do with the VCRs and make it like we would, when we were making movies back in the day. We would just have a friend stand on the side with a boombox, and and we would say, "When I say let's fight, then you cue the music." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and oh, that's, like that's brilliant. And yeah. then you'll hear you hear the music, and then as the camera moves, you know, the music gets louder and softer depending on how close <laughs> the camera is, <laughs> and we're, and then you can see like kind of like. Pushing the people, me behind the camera, if I'm not fighting, like kind of pushing the people back towards the music with the camera, (laughs) like (laughs) cornering them off, you know? Um, Yeah. That's fun, man. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I got to get Lachlan into, uh, he's talked a little bit about movie, but he does like riding bikes though. That Mm. is one thing that um, they don't definitely don't play as much sports in this neighborhood at his age that I did. Yeah. I was always playing football, basketball. We had a park by my house. Like since I was, I mean, he's seven. I was well into it by then, but they love riding bikes. And a dude up my street has been a long time, like pretty serious mountain biker. And uh, he sets up ramps. He built a couple of ramps and he sets them up in front of his house. And they just yeah. jump jump the ramp for like an hour, two hours. Gosh, even sometimes longer. So that I like. That's getting you outside, you know? Yeah. 
yeah that's good i mean that's we grew up doing that but i i, I love um i love the creativity that's 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 been around uh through through lockdown as, as i just talked about and it, it it lends itself to the point you were making about um you know make them bored and they'll find something yeah something to do uh and um we've been talking a lot about homeschooling through lockdown obviously they've not been able to go to school and um school have set quite a lot of homework tasks just to try and keep them up to where they're meant to be if they were in school um but i don't know what it's like with uh with Lachlan but um obviously he's, he's younger than my two who are both at um secondary school or high school age um but uh they, they've had an awful lot of work to do and I'll, I'll be honest it's been well let's say the home environment hasn't been conducive to uh knuckling down and, and doing schoolwork. there's too many yeah. other distractions and i don't blame them um although it's been a little frustrating at times they've chipped away at it and and done a few bits but from what I can gather, there have been some kids who've done nothing. So uh, I don't feel too bad. Um, but it's good that they've both um, got into uh, or found their own interests to explore. Like Ethan yeah. with his animation and Samuel with his coding. Um, and taught themselves and learned a new skill. And, yeah. and maybe that's um, maybe that's something in favour of homeschooling. That they can seek out their own topics that they're interested in. And... Um, Follow yeah, their own man. path, their I mean, own this, educational this, path. This reminds me of something out near you, Summerhill. Are you familiar with the Summerhill School and the kind of free school idea? Uh, I haven't heard of Summerhill, I'll be honest. Um, what, what is that something in the UK? Yeah, it was a school. Actually, my brother used to be really into this. And a friend of mine, Alex Coast, that I went to college with, um, there's actually a film that his now wife directed uh, called Approaching the Elephant, and yeah. he ran a free school called the Teddy McArdle Free School in Jersey. I was actually going to teach video at it um, before uh, Mike and I, I don't, why did I not end up doing it? I think we ended up doing that like Musica Fresca tour or something like that, but that was back in the day. But Summerhill was a – I'm trying to get the name of the uh, – I'm looking it up right now. The Summerhill School. Yeah, A.S. <laughs> Neal. His name yeah. is A.S. Neal. And it's, I just Googled it too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like democratic schooling where the kids yeah. – exactly because you like said it to – like the words you were saying brought it to me where it's like the kid discovers what interests them mm. and then the teacher acts as a facilitator – to help that kid in what they're interested in instead of telling the kid, here's math, here's English, you know, yeah. now this school has been these and other alternative kind of free schools have been derided because, you know, a lot of the times they'll be like, well, that's great. This kid is amazing at the violin, but he thinks that Jean-Claude Van Damme was the 15th president of the United States. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, they don't know bait a lot. Of, sometimes they get, but they, I think a lot of them were integrated the basic skills, the foundation, and then you give them a little, a little time to figure out what they want to do. And actually that's kind of like my secret plan with teaching from home. Cause we, ha we're going to follow the school's instruction, 
But I also want to kind of, I think it's going to be a lot of people are saying, oh, we're going to have a generation of kids who are so dumb. And I think, well, if, if parents, if kids, people, you never know, you know, people step up, you might end up with the generation yeah. of kids who actually know what they want to do when they grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yo, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, look, a bunch of kids who don't want to be like an office drone or do this or do that. Like they find something that is what they're passionate about and that's what they do, you know? And I think that that's an yeah. actually an opportunity as parents for us to do exactly what you're saying. Like actually let go a little bit and see what the kid wants to do and let them kind yeah. of find themselves. So there's good things to be had from this, this quarantining situation. It's not all bad. And of course we can yeah. say that without, you know, slighting the people who are suffering, but I mean, that's kind of like, that's my favorite doc fast, cheap and out of control. That's like the story of humanity. We just kind of try to figure it out and do something fun. And in the, you know, like now, I mean, we're going to, I know there's a bunch of shows you were going to talk about, but I've had an opportunity to rewatch a lot of old stuff. Mm. I just watched the whole Beatles anthology again. <laughs> that was wonderful. Have you ever watched that? I haven't, no, but I am a fan of the music. Uh, I've always got some on my, uh, I hesitate to call it iPod. I still think of <laughs> like, the music bit is the iPod. I thought you were going to say Walkman. It's the iPhone, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so there's always some Beatles on there. So if I have yeah. it on shuffle, you know, you get some old classics coming on. Uh, so I do love the Beatles music, but I've not seen the uh, the documentary. Oh yeah, that's great. And I've been, I've been, and that's like, I, then I introduce it to Lachlan too. I'll be like, we watched the, um, we were cleaning out the closets in the house. Cause that's another thing I've been doing is like cleaning the whole house. And, uh, we watched the beastie boys documentary on Apple, uh, okay. Apple TV. And that was fantastic. It's basically them doing a, um, uh, kind of, it's, it's really more of a, slideshow actually in front of an audience to two remaining members and they tell the history of the beastie boys and then spike jones directed the stage show and then he also in making it into a film then intercut more video into it um but it's really great and he loved it and so now he started dancing around to the beastie boys so <laughs> you know it gives us time to kind of go back and and like you know, check in on things and kind of see what we like too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I have to ask you: Do you get a, a quiet sense of of pride when you see your son uh, jumping about to music that you grew up to, <laughs> you grew up with? One hundred percent. Oh man, are you kidding me? I yeah. get such because probably like me back in the day. I used to say things like, yo, man, my son is totally going to listen to the Beastie Boys. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, to see it happen, the future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Ethan just today was singing. I, I was downstairs working and I could hear him upstairs singing Bon Jovi. Oh, <laughs> oh you got to tell him. Bon Jovi went to my high school. Oh, wow. You say the guy was on the podcast. Yeah, he went at uh, St. Joe's in Metuchen, New Jersey. He only, I think he only went for like a year or two. They kicked him out. Ah. Yep. 
Well, I guess things worked out okay for him. Yeah. So all those songs of angst that he's singing, he's really singing them about my all-boys Catholic high school that he went to. <laughs> It'll have been a few years ahead of you, though. Oh, yeah. Not, mu- not many, he- though. Not many. Is he mid-50s? Yeah, I think he's only about, like, what, I'm 46. I think, yeah, I, I think he's only about, like, five, ten years older than me. Right. Bon Jovi. Yeah. Man, that is New Jersey, yeah. baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, um, because it's always my phone plugged in in the car, and it's obviously it's full of music that I like. Um, so there's a lot of stuff from the 80s. There's Beatles on there. Um, my, my taste is quite eclectic. Um, and, and, and so, so the kids have, have grown up listening to all that kind of music as well. And Ethan in particular loves music and he, he loves Queen. He loves nice. Guns N' Roses. He likes Muse. He likes, um, uh, do you know Louis Capaldi? Yes. Yeah. Um, Ed Sheeran. Yep. Uh, uh, Buddy Holly, yeah, he he, he likes all sorts. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 very proud that he has a broad taste in music. <laughs> It'll serve him well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's so fun playing music, but then you get every once in a while you get that utter failure where you play a song <laughs> that you think the kid is going to love. Yeah, and then they're like, "This is terrible." Turn it like Lachlan does not for a little there was a little time when he was like three or so where i could play like tool or something like that (laughs) uh or queens of the stone age and he would kind of rock out but now if we're driving around and i put on any like heavy guitar stuff like nirvana or something uh he just doesn't want to have anything to do with it man he's into beats he likes to dance so that's why the kind of stuff that he likes is like Beastie Boys stuff. Um, right. He probably probably any old any old rap music he likes. Uh, and then wait, what did he like? I played for him. Um, oh, what's that dude's name? He's a Japanese artist. Had a Thaxton actually introduced me to him. I can't remember, but I played a couple of albums that he really likes. So, but um he actually listens to like songs about Minecraft and Roblox. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. There's like a whole, he'll like, he'll be like, Alexa play mine. Minecraft is the best. And then it'll be like some kid made a song. That's like, you know, I'm playing Minecraft at my house. You know, and they like bust into this whole song. Like, I've got my axe, I've got my club, <laughs> like all this kind of weird shit, man. Well, there's a market for everything, I suppose. Yeah, he he gets into it, but he likes to dance around. But uh, is yeah. there anything that you love that they really just don't have any time for? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, not not really. Um. Ethan will uh, bop along to pretty much anything I put on, but generally, I, generally I let him DJ if we're all in the car together. Um, but then it's predominantly Guns N' Roses or Queen. Um, oh, he likes the theatrical. Yeah, well, maybe that figures because he he does actually have aspirations of being an actor. Yeah, I mean Guns N' Roses. That's the thing about Guns N' Roses and that whole like hair metal scene 
is I always found it to be almost like a like it's like kind of the stepchild of almost like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It you know <laughs> it's very theatrical, man. I mean, when you see Guns N' Roses, just look at them; they're all dressed in costumes. Yeah. You know, like his voice is so operatic, you know, you know, it's just like you think of like uh, November rain, Oper- operatic. Why did I say yes. operatic? That was weird. Op- but op- that's op- like, yeah, yeah and that's Shannon Hoon is on that song from Blind is Melon. That? Okay. Yeah. He sings background on uh, November rain. He's in the video. Yeah. Yeah. We like that one. We play that sometimes. He usually gets um, a bit bored halfway through, though, and changes it. You don't always get to the end of songs. Do you have that? We get that, about three quarters through, and then he wants the next one on. That's everything, Gareth. Yeah. That's everything. <laughs> I go through. I check. Um, I'll let Lachlan freely watch, like, Amazon, Netflix, or whatever, because I tell him, dude, it records what you watched. So I go back and I check, you know, and make sure he's yeah. not watching any bad. And he really isn't. The kid just, he's not the type of kid who's really attracted to watching something that I don't want him to watch, which is mainly violence for me Yeah, is what I'm worried about. Um, mm. uh, but um, he will, I'll, I'll go, th- I'll be looking through it and I'll be like, how did you watch a hundred shows in one day? And then I look at it and it's like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right or like two minutes or like he fast forward and watched this one part like that's really their lives they're so used to being able to you know for us you had to like get up you know right take the yeah. thing out fast forward the tape and then you couldn't quite get it to where it was you know like so yeah. you just left it on yeah but they don't do that <laughs> Yeah, I I do smile to myself sometimes. We've got a a, a DVR box. Um, well, it's it's Sky Plus, it's Rupert Murdoch's uh, service. Yeah. Um, but it it acts as a, a DVR essentially. Uh, so it's all on demand, of course. Uh, and you could series link. So as you start watching one episode, it's in the background, downloading the next one. Mm-hmm. And quite often I'll go and I find the box full. And when I look, I, I find that he's downloaded the entire catalogue of the Thundermans. Uh, and <laughs> like like you found, there'll be a minute watched and he'll be looking for a particular episode. So there'll be there'll be a few dozen episodes there, one minute played, and then there'll be one that he's watched through. Until <laughs> yep. so he's got the one he wants. <laughs> that's that's what he does, man. Lachlan does the yeah. same exact thing. It's yeah. it's really kind of fun, and and he'll do it when he if he does it while I'm in the room. I'll be like, dude, we just gotta stop. Just <laughs> watch it all the way through. Let it go. But and it's also a variety. And when he finds something he likes, he'll watch the whole thing. Like he watched all of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender in like a couple days. Yeah. You know, and then he was all yeah. talking about it, and he's like, "I'm." I was like, "Are you a windbender?" He's like, "It's airbender, daddy," and I'm almost <laughs> a firebender. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy, you keep on yeah. going. You know, just yeah. Of- I guess I guess kids are the same both sides of the pond. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's true. It's true. I mean, and the technology is what unites. You know. Um, yeah. he's not any, uh, he's not on the social media or really like apps or anything. Are your kids, uh, do they do social media or like TikTok or any of that kind of stuff? Um, we don't encourage it. 
uh, my eldest uh, couldn't care less about Facebook. He's got no interest. He just has his buddies on Skype uh, and he just calls them. Um, Ethan uses, he's got WhatsApp on his phone. Uh, So there are a few uh, little conversations that he has with certain people on there, but we, we keep an eye on it. Um, and, uh, if, um, you know, occasionally some of his friends have posted, uh, clips off places like TikTok that, yeah. that are inappropriate. Um, so it's, we try to, we try to discourage him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it's I th- fraught with danger. It, it really is. And it's also like addicting, you know? Yeah. As we, yeah. I mean, me, I'm probably on the Facebook too much. I haven't been on Twitter at all, really. As the election gets closer, I think I'm, I, I was just talking to my wife and I said, I'm the, cause I was for, I was off Facebook for a while too, just really doing the, the uh, DVR Facebook. And I think I'm going to go back to that. So no offense to any of my Facebook friends listening. I'm probably just going to unfollow everybody and only follow the group and like, other groups that post pictures of things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. because it's, you know, the election, it's just going to get crazier and crazier and people, you know, whatever your opinions are, it's just a lot of anger or hurt, you know, and it's a lot to take. And I'm glad, I mean, I, I don't know. I have a secret, I guess it's not secret, but my, maybe it's a secret fantasy, but my prediction that I think that, the way you said, like your son's not your older son. He's like, nah, I'm I'll hang with my friends. I think there's going to come a time when on en mass, like everyone just gave up on MySpace. People are just going to stop going on Facebook and they'll just communicate to each other. And yeah. these like, what, like Twitter, Facebook, it, we're going to look back and people are going to be like, gosh, that must've been terrible that everybody was ganging up on everybody. People were doing this, you know, like I, I log into Twitter and all it is, is just my timeline is just like misery upon misery. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like positive place, is it? No. And then it's just like (laughs) one thing. Oh, this TV show was cool. It's like, Oh, that's why, that's why I used to come to Twitter. Um, but that's kind of the way it's progressed. And I think Facebook too, especially as the American election, which I think in a way takes over the world. I mean, I think that people over there too are engaged in what's going on here. And I think in a different way, maybe than we are engaged with what's going on over there, though, I think people are becoming more politically aware in general um, because it's kind of like pop culture now politics. Yes. But, um, you know, I'm sure you too will see it as well. And actually you have our good friend, uh, Steve Bannon came over to the UK. He helped with Brexit and all that. So, you know, great. That's wonderful. Hooray. Um, that, that was actually, that was actually a great documentary. I saw, as I mentioned, um, though, that, uh, the man who shall not be named, um, the uh, Errol Morris documentary that he did on Steve Bannon, which got absolutely no distribution or play in the United States, basically because I, you know, I think that a lot of people just don't want to give Bannon any type of um, publicity, and I can't blame him for that. But he, the the documentary itself is actually really fantastic. 
and it is along the lines of all the great work that Errol Morris has done. It's called American Dharma. And um, if you get a chance, I had to watch it. You can rent it now from a couple different places, but I think I got it through my library on a streaming service. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it was one of those like Tubi or Newbie or some kind of that you can sign up. I don't know if they have that over there where your library can sign up for like a streaming service and you can actually watch things on the service and then it, it counts it as like a, you checking it out of the library. That sounds good. I'm I'm sure I've heard you talk yeah. about this before on your podcast. Um, and I'm not sure either way, if we have something like that here, um, I know you're a massive advocate for your local library, um, but I, I don't think I've been in my local library for <laughs> since the kids were really small and we probably took them to go and borrow a few books. Um, so I, I don't know, but it sounds it sounds good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I am a big fan of the library. I just always – I mean, when I was a kid, that just never stopped being a place that – Whenever I moved, I would get my library card. I just, I don't know why. I just always have been into libraries and yeah, I miss the library. We still go, actually I'm going, uh, I was going to go today, but I'm doing the podcast and they have a thing where you can still put a book or anything on reserve. They come out, they put it on a cart. You get out of your car, you walk to the cart, you pick it up and you go home. It's a great little yeah. service, but this, um, I can't, I, I was looking online to try to remember where I saw it, what service I used on my Roku, but, uh, it was really, if anyone gets a chance to watch it, it's a little hard to watch. Um, but this American Dharma doc that Errol Morris did was really fantastic. And I think once, hopefully if things change in November and we get past what we're going through. Perhaps it's a change, I hope, for the positive. Um, people will reflect back and look at that and say, oh, okay, we kind of reacted in the times to this piece of art. But now when we look at it, we can see how important it is because I can really see this doc being shown in high schools in the future. Um, it's because, you know, you got to know what's going on. You just can't rail against it. You have to try to understand why the other person thinks that way yeah you know yeah there's mileage in that what's your gut feeling about um the way it's going to go in november oh gosh i'll start crying if you were if you were a betting man uh if i was a betting man now i would think that joe biden is going to be the president um i mean i think for if you look at just what's happening with the response to COVID. I mean, this past four years has been a disaster. Uh, there's no, I mean, you have a, you have a, a person and a party whose stated purpose is to destroy the federal government. We want no federal government, right? And yeah. that's what you see. This is what you get. The kind of response we've had to COVID, to international politics, to exporting people to force Brexit over where you are. Um, I just, I think, you know, I hope that we move past it all. And it looks to me that people here, 
honestly, if it comes down to it, this being America, I'm not going to come up with some like super intelligent reason why people are going to vote for Biden. It's probably going to be like they're just sick of this dude already. You know, yeah. we've had four years of constant attention seeking and yeah. – at that alone, like if I just left it there, if I didn't get into any of the politics or any, just the level of attention mm. that is demanded of America, <laughs> like, look yeah. at me, nobody yeah. likes me, you know, that kind of thing alone, I think turns people off enough. Um, yeah. But then again, you know, who knows what uh, Vladimir has planned for us or. Yeah. Maybe he's not decided yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, it's well, they're, all... they're saying that they're saying the Russians have uh, probably had a hand in in goings on here as well. Yeah. So uh, no doubt, no doubt. And anyone yeah. who denies that knows nothing of history, because mm. that is you have a person who was in the KGB lifelong, running a country. You don't think like, it's like when George Bush, the first Bush who ran the CIA, what became president, people were like, okay, we better watch what's happening. The same thing, you know? And that's, Hey, look, man, you know, the Russians, they're freaking smart people, dude. Yeah. You know, that's that. And, and that kind of espionage, uh, has always been a big part of, was always a part of the Soviet union. It's like chess, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't see why people deny that or think it's like a conspiracy theory. No, that's, and isn't that the way that countries maneuver now, right? It's behind the scenes, it's social media, it's moving populations. Hey, in the same respect, there's a popular podcast series now that explores how they think it, um, U.S. agents, whether they were CIA, FBI, whatever they were, wrote that famous um, song about the wall coming down. You remember that song? I, I can't remember the name of that song. It was like a Russian group saying it. Okay. Um, and the Berlin wall. Yeah. The, and, and, and there is, and all the time, and how we would talk about, you know, our culture is what brought the wall down. Like mm. what ended the cold war was America exporting the culture of, you know, McDonald's and freedom and then you look at Russia now, and they're all a bunch of billionaires. <laughs> they obviously learned the lesson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Look what happened. It's kind of different, you know? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I hope, uh, Gareth, that, that Biden becomes president because I think it's an opportunity for progress. Whatever yeah. my opinions are on Biden or whatever opinions people have – you have one is an opportunity for progress and change. One is going to be four more years of a man who it wants to run a reality show. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th I think the rest of the world hopes that, that someone comes in who uh, doesn't put his own ego uh, and yeah. reputation ahead of uh, the good of the country. Yeah. Hey, no surprise for me, man. I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. I've been watching that dude in the post and the daily news and on TV all since I was a little kid. So yeah. when he started running for president, I was immediately just like, of course, I mean, doesn't everyone understand this is 
I mean, the the host of The Apprentice. <laughs> What's yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. It fun. still sounds silly when we say it, right? Like, yeah, it still yeah. kind of sounds silly, man. It's a crazy world we're living in. Yeah, but I mean, it, I, I can't, I can't say too much about your president. Look at look at the plonker we've got in charge yeah. of, <laughs> of of our country here. It's it's. Uh, oh. You know, I try to look at um, stuff like this, and when I look at history, and you know, even you go back centuries, you know, and you and you try even think of when I even try to think about like, I wonder how the first groups of like when Homo sapiens met Neanderthals are like, you know, I just think of the way we as creatures have always formed groups and grown, and I just kind of see it as. When you have time like this, my greatest hope can be that this is kind of like, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like maybe we'll get well, better. Maybe we'll start using all this technology and, and this COVID will force us to reassess things, but probably not. We'll just buy more Coca-Cola and go to McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> and buy a big SUV. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Well. <laughs> All right. Speaking of that, let's talk about Hollywood, baby. Um, yeah. You had some shows that you watched, and first on your list, and I was so happy that it's uh, that it's on. Oh wait, you know I should ask you before we get off this that subject though. Yeah. What's your from your side? What is the impression there? What do people? What do you think? Do most people expect? Ah, they'll just reelect them. Or do people? Do you think people think a change is going to come? I I think uh, as as British people, I think we can be quite cynical, um, <laughs> That's what I and, and so I think there's a sense of impending doom that yeah. no matter what that man does, I mean it it, it was it's still beyond my belief that uh, he got elected in the first place. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I I don't know how that happened. Well, I, I do. He got more votes, but. Um, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, he actually got less it, it, votes. He just got in certain places when you right. Okay, yeah, he got them where it counted. Yeah, um, I mean, it, you know, in that election, he was saying crazy stuff, and his lack of knowledge and, and understanding was 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 shown up. But still, he got in. Um, so, you know, and and he's not changed. He's not changed now. Um, so I. I like you. I hope. I hope that there's a change. But I think we, like I say, we our leader isn't um, isn't the most level-headed, uh, sensible bloke anyway. Um, I mean, to be fair to him, he's doing the best he can in a, in a very difficult situation, and I wouldn't swap places with him. Um, but uh, I think uh, your your big guy, he, uh, he he's a bit of an object of, of ridicule, and I, I think we. We, we we look across the pond and and have sympathy for for all the level-headed Americans who who didn't vote for him. And hope that a change is coming. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I yeah, man. I mean, I think it it, it does show you that um, it matters what happens in other nations. You know, we are a connected world now. And regardless of people's xenophobia or patriotism, um, you can't deny that 
what happens in one place affects another, and especially a country like America, which basically spent a hundred years putting its tentacles and creating a kind of shadow empire. You know, you come from what was once, you know, the sun doesn't set on the British empire, right? Um, But in America, America did it in a way through culture and back channels and Hey, we're going to, Hey, guess what, Germany? We're never taking away those bases. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they were everywhere, you know? And now you see that changing um, yes. and it affects the world. So yeah. I, I, I hope that, you know, the people here who are voting too are kind of, you know, maybe we return back to that thought. Because it's interesting for me, you know, just talking to you, Gareth, I grew up. With a lot of friends, my my grandparents are from Ireland. I'm actually working on getting my Irish citizenship. I might become an Irish citizen because my grandparents are from were born in Ireland, and um, I grew up with that. And also a lot of friends in my neighborhood and my parents' friends. Oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't don't know. You, this guy's picking up my garbage, but he's, uh, ooh. That was like an Olympic uh, feat there. He just kept on lifting it and shaking it and shaking it. <laughs> what he's doing? All right. We'll leave it in the podcast. That one's for yeah, you, DJ. You're live from Daily DVM. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Oh, nice. I like that. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? I grew up with people from other countries. Uh, one of my best friends was from Belgium. You know, um, I, I just had a lot of friends from India, wherever, Pakistan, just throughout my life, people from other. So I've always, and I can remember in America in the seventies, there was a sense of unity with Europe, right? That had, was almost an afterglow of world war two that many years later, right? I was born in 74. Mm. So it's 30 years after world war two ends, there was still a sense of, unity between in the UK, but really all of Europe. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. thing, you know, the Berlin wall was still standing though. So there was that, but, um, now America has become very isolationist and I hope that it returns back to a time where, you know, and that's why I'm looking to get my citizenship is because I want my son to travel over there and I want my son to travel around and see that, you know, we are all really in this whole world. We're just all people. And, you know, we are. I mean, the difference of me being, I am as different being born in New Jersey as someone who's born in like, you know, Los Angeles as someone who is born in Nairobi or, you know, Chad or where, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. wherever yeah. in the world you can, you, you, I always say to my son, you know, Lachlan, a hundred years ago, most people were born and never traveled more than like 20 to 30 miles from their home, lived their entire mm. lives without traveling farther than that. And he would be yeah. like astonished because, <clears throat> you know, you think the automobile, I mean, automobile was new, right? Yeah, people still. I mean, New York was still a lot of farmland, you know, like in the twenties. <laughs> like it's, it's just a different world that that we live in now. Yeah. And uh, but it can cause you to kind of become more isolationist, and that's not really the way to go. It there, there's mm-hmm. no. There's, it's just kind of silly in the end. 
Yeah, the world's a lot smaller these days. Yeah. Yeah. We got we to gotta yeah. make it big and bright. And speaking of big and bright... Let's now get into the TV stuff, Yay. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Let's. Bosch. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt. So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at andrewandclaireadopt at gmail.com. Thanks. This season, what did you think? Like I said, I was so happy that this was on your list because for me, this is a underrated gem. Um, I have loved every season of this show. And I thought this season in particular was spot on man it really they reduced a lot of the extra plot stuff and yes. they brought a lot of things together and i thought it was yeah. fantastic they did um there were i would say there were too many plot threads in the previous couple of seasons yeah. and it was starting to we were spending too much time away from the main case uh and i was finding myself getting a little bit not frustrated but um, I, it was just losing me a little bit. Uh, I was still enjoying the overall show, but um, I was, I, I don't know, I, I guess I was finding it a little bit hard to follow all the little bits and pieces that were going on uh, uh, in parallel to the main case. Uh, and, and as you pointed out, they um, they streamlined things more this season and, and um there was less clutter. It was more focused, uh, but still maintained that same grittiness uh, and, and stayed true to the the, the main characters, uh, which I love. Um, I, I w- I was, I've been a fan of Michael Connolly's uh, Bosch books uh, for, for years, uh, and, and I'd read so many of his books before the show was even uh, really that's yeah yeah so how does it I've, wow that's all i've never spoken to someone who read those books so how do the yeah. seasons follow the books um i'm gonna struggle to answer that because it's been a long time since i read his books uh and my memory these days is is like a sieve um but uh so so but but it has helped me enjoy the show more in that i haven't always remembered which way the uh the case is go uh, and how everything pans out um so i've been able to in, enjoy the show more for that reason that i've not known um where things were going to go uh so uh, but i i very much enjoyed the books um and and i enjoyed the show in its own right i love titus welliver as bosch um i think it's a great it's, it's a great bit of casting uh, I can't Perfect, imagine anyone right? else in the role now. Yeah, it's absolute. I mean, 
He he. For, I had never read the books. I was vaguely aware. I was aware of the author, and I was aware of the books. But I was only vaguely aware that there's actually a connection between like Bosch and the Lincoln lawyer, and like he created a kind of almost extended universe. Yes, in his books. Um, and now, you know, Amazon has picked up the Lincoln lawyer as a TV show, as a new series. And I hope it's going to start Logan Marshall green, the guy who I love. Uh, I think he's a, he's like, he's America's Tom Hardy. He looks just like Tom Hardy. Oh, right. (laughs) And he was supposed to star in it. I think it was going to be on CBS, but I hope he, I hope he's still attached. Um, I hope he mumbles less. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I love that Tom Hardy does that. I love it. I think it's so freaking cool. Like, I think that's what makes him an interest. I mean, he is, I, I, I first saw him in, uh, what's the name of it? Branson. The, uh, Oh, uh, Bronson. Bronson. Okay. Bronson. I'm sorry. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I was thinking it was either Branson or Bronson, but Branson is in Hmm. Missouri. That's where all the people listen to country music, but, uh, that was fantastic. And I was like, this guy is something else, man. And I noticed right away a lot of his, uh, Damian Lewis was in that too, wasn't he? I haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm aware of it. That That is freaking awesome film. Um, Mm. But he always did weird things with like his speech, and I just I I'm I love that man. I'm a sucker for that. Like Brad Pitt eating in every movie. I love when <laughs> actors have their little things that they do, and they really stick to it. So yeah. I, everyone always makes fun of the Bane voice, and <laughs> I remember people telling me about that before oh. I watched that movie, and then as I watched it. Every time he was about to speak, I was like, I just want him to talk more. I think it's so cool. <laughs> like, it was like, yes, my man. I don't yes. know about that. Yeah, it was gr- I loved it. <laughs> but um, what were we talking about? Uh, I guess um, the casting in Bosch. I don't know how we got yes. back to it. But that's just yeah. perfect casting. He was like, yeah. I mean, the moment he stepped on the screen... I had little knowledge of anything and I was like, oh my, that's, this is this Bosch guy. Like we're five minutes into the show. And I I remember turning to my wife and going like, this is amazing. This is perfect. Like, I don't know this show. It's like the first episode was, could have been the the premiere of the sixth season. Like the moment they started making this show, everything just fell into place and everything works. I mean, it yeah. should be no really surprise. The guy running it, Eric Overmeyer, has done. I mean, he's done amazing. He he's done. A, he started working on like Saint Elsewhere. He worked a lot with David Simon on Homicide and The Wire and Treme. Um, it, it just you know, so he's fantastic. But you're right that because um, Overmeyer has that aesthetic like the wire did where you would be watching a scene and it would be very important and you'd know what was going on. You know, we have to go put the wire on this. And then they cut to like a 10 minute scene between these two politicians that you don't see a lot on the show. Right. 
Yeah. And you wouldn't really get the payoff to what that scene was about for like five more episodes. Yeah. Um, and when they did that in Bosch, I felt they did that a lot. What was it? Season four, I think season three, four and five, they started yes. doing that more often. Yeah. And I don't think that Bosch is the kind of show that can sustain that. It needs to be more propulsive. It needs to have more energy. Um, so I'm so like you, I like that they kind of cleared the decks. And when yeah. they went to a little scene like that, they did a little of the network thing where they made sure to mention, oh, that's what's his name's wife. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. this is that case. You're still yeah. on the whatever case. And it kind of reminded you a little bit. Um, and I also was very impressed by his daughter. She's come into her own, isn't she? Really has. She really has. Good little actress. Very, uh, yeah. Unrecognizable as yep. the little girl from Walking Dead. And a fellow ginger. Ah. <laughs> Indeed. Gotta love the gingers. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's something else. I think when she started on the show, I thought that they maybe gave her a little too much too early. But this season, they gave, she was one of the stars of the show. And she kicked ass. Yeah, she's matured before yeah. our eyes, isn't she? As Definitely. each season's gone on. And I'm sure she'll go on to uh, bigger and better things. Most of uh, but also, I think we're, oh, go, there's go one more season. Sorry, I've just been said there's, there's one more season of this, isn't there? That's what they said. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I, I, I don't know if I believe that. I, I think that if they get the Lincoln lawyer thing going... They might start doing some movies. They bring Bosch back. I think he'll be playing this character for like another 10 years, man. <laughs> I really do. Because now with everybody, with all the streaming services investing so heavily in the IP, this is one of Amazon's now central IPs. And I think that they're yes. going to try to expand this out. And he'll show up in the first season of Lincoln Law. And then they might even spin off i think that they might give jay edgar his own show and spin spin yeah. him off from the wire of course marlo of course yeah marlo yep yeah there's a couple of uh uh wire alums in bosch yeah Great. which is good you can recognize the ties um behind the scenes back to the the other show um and some of the way it's shot is is reminiscent the way that the the city becomes a character Oh, in its own right. Yep. Um, I love the way it's shot. Yeah. Um, I don't want to draw too many comparisons with Michael Mann, but he, he's obviously in love with Los Angeles, isn't he? And mm -hmm. um, I think the makers of this show um, really show, uh, portray LA in a, in a, a beautiful and um, a beautiful way. Uh, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm -hmm. Definitely reminiscent of Southland. Uh, I felt, I think it's a real, or like the shield where they get out yeah. on the street and, and when they, when they go to a perp's house, they, they show you the whole street and they drive up to it and it looks like a house that somebody would really live in, you know? Yes. Um, it, I, I think that the, you're absolutely correct that LA becomes a character and <clears throat> I like that little trolley that they, I think it was central a couple of seasons ago, but they make sure to, um, 
to show that. And actually, that's in Perry Mason. The oh, uh, Angel's Flight. Yeah, the new the new uh, yes. HBO yes, show. Yes, is it? Yeah, it featured. I've watched. I've watched the first two or three. I think three of that. I'm a bit, little bit behind. Um, I've been binging Ozark when I have time to watch anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the trolley featured uh, very prominently yeah. in in the, the start of, of Perry Mason, didn't it? Yeah, that's why I said to my wife, I was like, "Oh man, Bosch is going to show up." Yeah. <laughs> like, could you imagine like a Perry Mason Bosch team up? Yeah. Man, he's so oh, he's so good in that role. Yeah. Wow. Bo- yeah, Bosch but, season 6 yeah. was fantastic, man. Yeah. Yeah, well I knew Titus Welliver um not from anything really prominent, although obviously he played a significant part for us in Lost. Yeah. Um although he wasn't in it that much. Um but uh, uh Deadwood was the only other thing. Yes. I remember when he first showed up on Lost, I was like, it's the guy from Deadwood. Yeah, Silas. Was it Silas? Is yeah. that his name? He was fantastic yeah. in that. He's yeah. just got one of those faces, man. Yes. <laughs> a fantastic Yeah, you feel like face. he's lived. He's lived a life. Yeah. And also, I think he's one of those dudes that looked like he was 50 years old since he was like 23. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but not in a bad way. No. You're right. He just like he's an old soul, as they say, right? Yes, yeah, and that lends itself to the the character of Bosch, who's who's been around the block, seen it, done it, bought yeah. the t-shirt. So you mentioned that you've been binging Ozark. How are you enjoying that? Yeah, um, I'm late to the party because it's there was three seasons um, online already. Uh, uh, and I, I, I started it. It had been recommended to me by uh, by a couple of friends. I think um, a couple of our old friends uh, through the podcast community have, have mentioned it. I think Heath had started watching it. Um, I think Matt Murdoch had, had been watching it, if I remember rightly. He'd mentioned it on Twitter. So I thought, well, I've got to, I've got to get into this. Um, so I... I I went in uh, feet first and uh, I've just finished season two and I'm really enjoying it is, is the bottom line. Um, it, it was a slow starter, slow build uh, as it found its feet and it established the uh, array of characters. But what's what's amused me um, once I got past um, the, the inevitable comparisons to shows like uh, Breaking Bad um essentially where you've got normal normal bloke does um bad things uh in order to protect and, and support his family uh the show now is is very much um and it kind of hit me on the head at the end of season two how it's the female characters who are the powerful strong characters uh and it's the men who uh think that they're the ones in control but actually it's the women who are prepared to go that extra that extra mile to get what needs to be done done and get the hands dirty which um which struck me and and really amused me but then i thought well done ozark for for pulling that one on me and i i didn't see it coming until we were sort of two-thirds into season two and and things were happening and i and and that idea just started to ruminate um have you watched much of it or are you into it um, so I watched Ozark after season two came out. Um, I went, 
I listened to everyone. Uh, I think maybe at the time I was listening to like Bill Simmons or Ringer or someone. They were like, or, or The Watch. Like, you got to watch Ozark. So I watched Ozark. I really enjoyed season one, but mm. I fell out on season two. I guess okay. that the um, it kind of, you know, it really is a show that gets like bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? And yeah. what a lot of people have said about it is it's kind of like, and I even listened to it. Oh, it's because I listened to an interview with Jason Bateman. Um, and he was talking about moving on to being a director and how he's producing this and starring in it and all that. And they were, he was saying that one of the things is it really is written for streaming in the sense that they really did try to end with a lot of cliffhangers. And when they had a choice of whether to go big or kind of like, you know, let's blow something up or kill someone or do, they went even bigger, you know? Yeah. So it really is a show that get, that just kind of explodes at a certain point and it gets really hectic and crazy and it just lost me, but it didn't lose me in a way that I was like, I never am going to watch this again. It kind of lost me in a way that I was like, one day I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the like start from the end of season one or something, or maybe even I'll just rewatch it and maybe I'll watch the whole thing in a row. But I just caught, there was yeah. just something, it got a little bit too crazy for me, but I like what you said, because the thing I really liked about it was uh, the Ruth character, Julia Garner. Yes. She was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and Jason Bateman, of course. I mean, it's Jason Bateman. I love the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's become one of my favorites. He's it's um, it's surprising how much work he's been getting over the last few years, and it's it's great that he's got this show to where he's, he's clearly um, uh, involved in the show um, from start to finish, um, in front and behind the camera, uh, and he's doing a great job. He's he's not showrunner, is he? I don't believe uh no i don't think he's show running it but i know that he is one of the producers and Mm. um he directs a lot of it so he has a heavy hand in it he may be like co-show runner they may have a different setup because you know show runner is that kind of term that not every show really has a show runner you know what I mean? It's like yeah. not every film, not every director is an auteur in a sense, you know? Um, like when you look at some of the, for say, like, for instance, like a Marvel or just like JJ directing The Last Star Wars, that's really kind of done by committee. Yes. You know, when he makes yeah. a decision, he has to talk to the special effects, but he has to talk to Kathleen Kennedy. He has. So I think <clears> that. On Ozark, it might be more of like a team thing. That's, if I remember correctly, that's kind of the way he described it. And he would say, "Me and whoever else is like producing on it." Um, but I think he has a, a heavy hand in it. Yeah, I like his um, on-screen shtick. You know, we were talking about actors having their shtick. Yeah. Um, and Jason Bateman, he, he does, hap- <laughs> he does hapless very well. And he's he has always that Jason sort of, Bateman. Yeah. He has yeah. that sort of glum expression that he often wears. And he, he's just like a, 
just like the guy from next door, isn't he? He could yeah. be your neighbour. You talk to over the fence. Um, and he does that so well. Um, there's another of his um, things on that's just come on Amazon called Game Nights. Have you seen that? Yeah, that was great. With um, That's good fun. Oh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel, yeah. Yeah, that's a fun movie. That's a really fun movie. If anyone's not seen it, I recommend he jumping on that. He is the type, and speaking of Rachel McAdams in that movie, I feel like Jason Bateman is a type of actor that makes the actors around him better. Mm. I feel like he serves people up well. He when he the, When he steals a scene, he includes other actors with eye contact and motion to like bring them into what's happening, you know? Um, yeah. He's really good at that scene where he stands in front of people and talks to them. Like you can yes. imagine it in my mind, like there's three people, right? And he's like, you got what? And he kind of like bring, you know what I mean? He's earnest. Yeah. He's yes. really good. I like Jason. Yeah. Bateman. It's cool to see him directing uh, to a lot too. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. And Laura Linney, she's always incredible. She's she's a quality quality actor. Yeah, and she gets she gets plenty of opportunities in in Ozark to to stretch her chops. Uh, and there's one episode in particular in season two that's a little bit of a bottle episode. Did you get to the end of season two? Nope. I think I made it three, maybe three, four episodes oh, okay. in. Yeah, episode. I think it was episode seven in season two. A little bit of a bottle episode. Uh, and it's mostly her and another character. Um, and it's it's great. It's really compelling, really compelling viewing. I think if you ever go back to it, um, you'll you'll know the episode. I mean, uh, very good. Very good. Yeah, she is Laura Linney. I have to see. I'm pretty sure that she was, wasn't she in You Can Count On Me? I love that film. I haven't seen yes. that. Yep. Yep. That was her. Mm. Yeah, this was it with Mark Ruffalo, Kenneth Lonergan. Um, that was a fantastic. That is for me one of the greatest films about um, siblings, brothers and mm. sisters, sisters and brothers, brothers and brothers. It's just a really fantastic film um, where she and Mark Ruffalo play brother and sister. <coughs> I Matthew like, I like him too. He's he's good at playing an everyman as well. Matthew Broderick, yes, he is, isn't he? Mm, yeah. He's had it's funny you see these guy these people um there's a documentary on HBO called um what is it? Hollywood Kids, I think, or Kids Stars. Uh and Alex Winter directed it from Bill and <laughs> Ted. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool because they talk to different people. Actually, one of the things you mentioned on your list, Westworld, Evan Rachel Wood is interviewed a lot in it. And they delve into like, you know, yeah, that's a lot of, you know, kids have a hard time and you hear all the crazy stories of being a young star, but they talk a lot more about just a normal, like everyday life of not yeah. going to school and all that and like how what effect it has on you but then you see people like matthew broderick you know like jason bateman who have been doing this since they were kids and they seem to have done pretty good yeah things have worked out yeah it's not all bad <laughs> he's doing pretty good yeah 
Yeah. But he always says it. I, that you, if you get a chance, you should listen to that interview he did with Bill Simmons. I think it was the first time he was on because I think he's been on a couple times. But he talked a lot about, you know, he was like, so how are you? You know, Simmons like, how was your time when you were like in your teens and everything? And you were a big star. And he's like, yeah, man, nobody gave a shit about me. <laughs> you know, it was like once I was off that silver spoons, they were like, fuck that kid. Um, and he's just joking around and he's like, yeah, it was tough. I had to be an actor. And he was, and I I remember him saying, that's why I really, I think he's like, that's why I think I'm not bitter. And I appreciate every bit part that someone comes and plays on the show because for a long time, that's all I had. And when I was a kid, I was a star and then I was nothing. And I had to kind of work my way back up from nothing. Um, and that's really true, but that wouldn't happen today. You know, I was saying that to my wife, isn't it funny, Gareth, that like anyone that becomes famous now is like famous for life, right? They can go on Instagram. They can go to a convention, you know, you can spin it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so much so that you almost forget what they were famous for in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) These days, you can be famous for being famous, can't you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so true. I, there are so many people who I'm like, who are they? Like, yeah. <laughs> why? What did they ever do? Who is Jake Paul? I do not know who this person is. Why do I yeah. hear this name? And it's two first names. I don't know. Is it two different people? Yeah. Or is there a Jake and a Paul? <laughs> who knows there seems they to know? be enough bullshit for two people yeah um but what did yeah. you have to say about westworld um well it was it was just on my list as as one of the shows that i've i've particularly enjoyed during lockdown um you've obviously talked about it uh till the cows came home on uh on on your show uh so we don't need to retread you know theories and, and stuff but just broadly um i enjoyed the season it was an interesting change of location uh i did uh find myself missing the wild west setting um but as always great production design uh, i loved having aaron paul around he was a great addition to the cast uh he brings within that that same intensity that he brought to breaking bad um plot wise uh i had to let go a little about it all making realistic sense and just enjoy the ride um and enjoy the ride i did there was there was some great action uh great set pieces um yeah i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next yeah did you um i'm interested because you know when we're doing the pod i'm so into it it's fun to talk about it's just like um i don't know if you got a chance to listen to ken and i talking about Game of Thrones a year later. Um, uh, I I have to admit I'm way behind on podcasts because I'm not doing my daily commute. Uh, I would normally get three hours a day. That's okay. On my own, that's listening right. to stuff. Uh, so I, I try to. I, I'll put something on sometimes while I'm making dinner. Yeah. Uh, but then you know the kids are in and out, and I can't always follow. So oh, no, I'm God. sorry. I'm. That's I, fine, I'm buddy. really slacked with. Uh, with podcasting. <laughs> hey, look, that's fine. I mean, I have to end this podcast right now because you didn't listen to that podcast. <laughs> no, just kidding, buddy. I still love you, man. It's all, but we had fun because it's cool. I like, 
like when I saw Westworld on your list, I was like, I haven't even thought about Westworld. But when I was doing the show, I'm so thinking about it. So it's interesting. I just want to sit back and hear the things that you brought up, missing the Wild West, letting go of certain plot details in this season, enjoying the ride, you know, Aaron Paul. Um, I think that when I think back on Westworld this season, I think more forward than I do about what that season was. And I think that says a little something about how I might view that season in my mind. It was fun. Evan Rachel Wood was amazing as she always is. Um, But in general, it didn't intrigue me as much as the other seasons. And um, I'm going to, I want to rewatch and and maybe Ken and I'll do a rewatch and talk about Westworld again. But um, I enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. When I think about the other two seasons, I think, ooh, my brain's going to get like a work in here, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to concentrate. Um, but when I think about that season, I think about a lot of like wide shots of the city that they were in and explosions and robots and riding motorcycles, you know? Yeah. A little more action-y. A little more Michael Mann, right? It had that little bit of that feel in it, that slickness. Um, Yeah. But uh, I did still enjoy it, though. It was just very different. Well, season two got a lot of criticism, didn't it, for being so convoluted yeah. and um, that's my favorite season lost. <laughs> <laughs> well you're the king of the of the theories aren't you <laughs> i thought that was one of the best se- seasons of television in a long t- i absolutely love i am mm. ride or die for season two of westworld um yeah. yeah i loved it so this season was i wouldn't say it was a let i was prepared for it to be different you know i read the writing on the wall um but like yourself, it was rather enjoyable and a lot happened. Yeah. Yeah, I just enjoyed it for a good a good uh, hour's entertainment whenever it came along. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, you knew you were going to see some cool shit. <laughs> yes, that's... Uh, <laughs> just enjoy. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if, if that had been like the first season, would Westworld actually be more popular? You know, because Mm, I think there was a price of entry, um, especially for, I mean, the second season was fucking insane. And it is, (laughs) I have watched it like four or five times and I, there's still a couple of parts in it that I am like arguing. Like, I still think that when he had that flash and they were in, I can't, I I can't even get into it. I'm going to start getting into it, but I just, it's just like still intrigue me and nothing like that really happened um in the third season but like you said i could imagine that um people who thought the second season was like whoa we're watching the third season be like okay this is pretty cool you know and the payoff at the end i think was pretty good you know you see who was kind of in control of what um but generally, I look forward to the future of Westworld, and I have a big feeling they gotta go to space, man. Don't you think so, Gareth? <laughs> well, we're 
we're so far in the future and the the, the tech was was yeah. way beyond even where where i thought it was from the previous two seasons the sky's the limit isn't it yeah they've got well no the sky's not the limit <laughs> <laughs> further than that <laughs> where we're going there are no sky um yeah. <laughs> i think uh i think it's going i think that whole thing where they had bernard um and uh the lesser hemsworth hanging out at the hotel and they see the rocket go that was just like we're going to space I yeah. hope that they go nuts with this show and I hope they jump like 300 years into the future and, um, you know, Maeve is on a different planet and the whole planet are hosts or, I mean, just something nuts, man. You know what I yeah. mean? Or like she recreated Dolores and blah, blah. I, I just think that they, they have the opportunity to just have fun with it. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. <laughs> um, let's see. What else were you talking about? What? Oh, hey, we should talk about your Lost rewatch. Or did you want to talk yeah. about what we do in the shadows first? Yeah, let's uh, – what we do in the shadows. Have you seen it? Yes. I am almost through season two, and I'm not – I'm like watching like – I was watching season one with my wife – but then she kind of trailed off. I think the humor is a little bit more like my humor. Um, and, uh, I think also it's actually kind of violent sometimes. (laughs) Uh, occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, Occasionally. I don't think it's too, I don't think it's too. Well, just like the blood splurts a little, it's kind of funny. It's more the, it's more some of the language, isn't it? And they sort of, talk more in, in sort of sexual <laughs> sexual terms i guess that's where it gets a little bit more grown up shall we say yeah i don't know why <laughs> Although the, the, maybe it was the, uh the humor is far from grown up of course oh i i absolutely love it I, I think it's fantastic um it's super funny and i guess i think uh nadia would be my favorite character on that yeah. show she cracks me up man yeah the uh, I, I watched the the original film um, probably last year, uh, and it was it was it still is one of the best films I've seen in in recent years. I love it, um, and I, I rewatched it uh, before season two started, um, and we watched it. My wife and I watched it with uh, my eldest son because I thought he would enjoy the humour, um, especially some of the bits where. Um, Ah, uh, Taika Waititi's character, Viago, where he's uh, taking his victims and he hits he hits a gusher and he's there trying to stem the flow and he's <laughs> failing miserably. <laughs> shit, 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 and there's blood going everywhere. <laughs> it's it's a funny film. Uh, really enjoy it. And, and we all, I, I loved it a second time and they both loved it. Um, so uh, that was like in preparation for, for season two. Uh, I mean, it's the show's bonkers, isn't it? But enormous fun, and I, I really feel, as, as I expect you do, that the actors have grown into their roles. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched the first episode, and you could see they were feeling their way in. They hadn't yep. quite got down some of the little nuances of the characters and little idiosyncrasies, um, but now it feels like they're just pulling on a, a second skin and are, are very at home playing these characters. Um, 
I, I love it. I, I I think it's 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 not the most intelligent show on TV, but you can just sit back and just let it wash over you and in, enjoy being in their company. Yeah, they're like people you, you'd have you'd have fun hanging out with if you weren't in fear <laughs> for your life. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that show is so great. I just when even when thinking about it. I hear Nandor's voice like in my head. Guillermo. Um, Guillermo. Yes, Guillermo. No, Guillermo. Um, and uh, what's it? Laszlo is very, oh, get over here. Oh, good God. It's it, The Bloody characters hell. are perfect. These are seasoned actors. Yes. And what I liked from the very beginning is that I kind of recognized I knew Nadia from some BBC or I don't know, some show I had seen. Um, and Guillermo looked familiar to me. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, Colin Robertson. It was not Guillermo. Colin oh, Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mark yeah. Prokesh or whatever his name is. I w- yeah. He was um, in uh, breaking bad episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Oh well, no, he I was in better from. call Saul. Did he show up in that? Yeah, he was the guy with the, um, in Better Call Saul, he was the guy with the car selling the drugs. Remember? That's how Saul met Nacho? Yes. That's him. Yep. You're absolutely right. Good call, Gareth. (laughs) Good call. That's how I knew him. Um, So I was just happy that they were, I was being introduced. Because, you know, man, like. It, I'm, I like it when you get introduced to new people, you don't recognize them. They look different. They sound different. I like that. They kept that. They all had accents and that they didn't like Americanize this in the sense. It's funny that they're living in freaking long Island. Yes. You know, that's hilarious. And by the way, I think they, in, in the show, I think they suppose they live like a couple miles from where DJ Tim Hines lives. Ah, so now you get a little slice of life there. Um, but, uh, I just loved that they kept it like that, like the weird people from the old country. Uh, and that was just really cool. And, and you're right to see them, like the characters grow. And, uh, one of my favorite podcasters of all time, Tom Sharpling, who does the best show is now, uh, an executive producer on the show and he writes the episodes. And what's fun about that is that every once in a while, pretty much every episode there's one or two like best show or sharpling joke staples that are thrown into the show because he always likes to make jokes about really obscure bands. So whenever they make like a musical reference on the show, it's, it's something that they've mentioned on the best show. So it's kind of like a little in thing that whenever I watch it, it makes me feel a little bit like, you know, it's also, I'm from Jersey. It's in Long Island. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I kind of like, it's just it, for me, it's a little bit of home, which sounds yeah. weird. Cause it's about a bunch of vampires, <laughs> but it's your neck of the woods. Yeah. Nick, it's my neck of the woods, word. but it, yeah. Anyone <laughs> who hasn't watched that, just try it out. And it's the type of thing where I'm like slowly making my way through the second season because mm. it's so great. And when I watch yeah. it, I want to pay attention to it. Yeah. They have some good guest stars on as well. Have you seen the one with Mark Hamill? 
I don't know if I, I made it. I don't know if I made it. I've is just that spoiled an episode for you? No, right? that's Although fine, it was, dude. It was publicized that he was a oh, that's a okay. guest star. Apologies if I <laughs> no, that's not a spoil. <laughs> you can't really that, spoil uh, this show, you know. Like you're going to say somebody dies, or they'll come back to life, you know. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. I, I may have yeah. seen it, by the way, because. It's so weird, and there is not really. They had a little bit of a plot in the first season. I I, th- I felt, you know, like with the big guy coming, and yes, they're you know. But I feel like the yeah. second season, they were they're having a little bit more fun here and there. I mean, they still have yes. plots involved, but yeah. So there's there's uh, an episode that uh, I, for me I, was my favorite episode of this of season two, where Mark Hamill shows up as an old uh, nemesis and um, Laszlo has to go into hiding. Um, and and they, just to show how bonkers the series is, he, he dons a disguise that suddenly makes him um, unrecognizable um, at the point at which he puts a matchstick in his mouth and then suddenly, where's Laszlo gone? <laughs> <laughs> and then the inverse, when he takes the matchstick out, oh, it's you. <laughs> and he he, uh, he goes undercover with this persona of Jackie Daytona um, running this um, this bar, uh, and it's it's really good fun. There's some Star Wars references. Um, yeah, you'll you'll know it when you get to it. Um, enjoy. <laughs> I look forward to it, man. Yeah, that's a great yep. series, and everything they all. There's another show. Um, <clears throat> Actually, I had started watching it. I want to go back to it. It's called Wellington Paranormal. Oh, that's Matt Berry, isn't it? Is it Matt Berry? I, th- in that? Uh, I think so. I, there's like some crossover there. Um, and it's fr- I think it's from uh, uh, Jermaine Clement and Taiki. Oh, right. They're, um, they're a part of that, too. So... I like um, that they're kind of expanding the universe there. Yeah. So, oh, I see. So they're two seasons. Yep. But I wanted to finish what we do in the shadows first this season. And yeah. Then, but it's very similar humor and everything they do is great, man. Like all those guys are all so talented. Um, there was, uh, there was actually a show that I watched that starred, um, the guy who is in what we do in the shadows as the werewolf. And he was also in Reese Darby. Yes. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun little show that he did. Was it, um, flight of the Concords? No, no. He had his own show, ah. but it was similarly a, like a behind the scenes thing. It was like a behind the scenes thing on a beach or something like that. Ah, um, right. I, I've got to look it up. So I'm going to look it up right now while, while we're, uh, was it, was it wrecked? I don't remember. Oh no, it was short. Oh wait, let's see. I think it was short poppies. I'm on IMDB now. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yep. It's short poppies. It was one season. Um, and it was, it was set in New Zealand and I think it was like in, in, at this like beach town. Um, Yeah. It follows a real-life entertainment right. reporter as he talks to extraordinary New Zealanders who happen to live in the same small fictional town known as the Bay. Right. And it was, uh, a, yeah, he, I watched he, it like it was on on demand something. Where it was 2014. It's on Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. Yeah, check I'd it out. Ch- 
I love to look that up. Yeah, I like him. We saw him years ago live doing stand-up in Manchester, probably... Oh, it was before... In fact, my wife was pregnant with our eldest, so it would have been 2006. Uh, and I'd never heard of him before. But this is this quirky New Zealander yeah. came up on stage and he was really funny. He just, he could just, he's the sort of bloke that could stand there, look her in the eye and say <laughs> knickers and you'd laugh. You know, he, he is. Yeah. And he, he he's just there, got that sort of face. There, there's <laughs> delivery. There's like a, um, he's equal por- parts warm, but also he can be a little like uh skeevy or distrust. You know what I mean? Like, mm. You're like, hmm, I don't know about that guy. But he also has a big, bright smile. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. And that short poppies was a fun little thing. I don't remember how I came upon that, but I recognized that he was in it. And I figured that, yeah, Jermaine Clement directed it. Mm. Yeah. They're just really, really extraordinarily talented dudes. I wonder if any of them yeah. are going to show up in the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> They're all shooting that in New Zealand. That started shooting again. That would be good. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're going to wrap this up. We had a little break, and we decided we're going to bring Gareth back within the next month. And we're going to talk Lost Rewatch, Buddhism, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But uh, we're going to wrap it up today since we have been going pretty long. And... Uh, uh, my house, at least, is becoming a little bit of a kerfuffle in the middle of the day. So I'll have to That's figure a good this word. out. But this has been fantastic, bro. Yeah, I, thank you for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed catching up with you. Uh, I feel like we could talk for a, a couple of hours more. I agree. But uh, perhaps we should spare your listeners on this occasion, um, <laughs> getting sore ears. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be good to uh, get together again soon and... Uh, rattle through some of the other things we had on our, our topic list. Yeah, most definitely. And I'll have some, yeah, there was a couple of things that I had been watching and, and uh, going through that I want to get your opinion on, but we'll do that soon enough. We want to thank everyone for listening. Where can we find you, Gareth? Can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can. Um, I'm not as, uh, as active on there as I used to be, but I still have a, a Twitter handle, which is Gareth underscore UK. Um, and, uh, the old waste of time email address still works. Gareth's waste of time at gmail.com. If, if you want to reach out, I'd be uh, happy to hear from you. Yeah. And you can go back and listen to those episodes. And of course, dissecting Dexter. And one of these days we're going to get, you know, that they're bringing Dexter back, man. Oh, I'd have to bring back the podcast. There you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could do that each week again. <laughs> that burned go. me out. That did. <laughs> well, it'll be but streaming. Hey, it'll all of, drop, you know. And just you could... speaking of podcasts, uh, some some good podcast news for me um, was because, uh, you know, we had the talk show fiasco. Yeah. Um, and I was able to, uh, through um, my uh, sometime co-host, Travis, he uh, had saved all the old That's awesome. dissecting Dexters. So I was able to, to, to save all those. Uh, but the waste of time was lost. Um, <laughs> my wife was, was clearing out a drawer today and uh, found a couple of old phones that I thought were bricked. Uh, and and um, I plugged one in just to see what was on it. And um, it still works. It's an old iPhone 4. And to cut the story short, it's got all the waste of times on there saved 
in my podcast app. So I've been able to get those back. So uh, a nice little bit of uh, bit of good news in these dark times. That is so, amazing. amazing. <laughs> and you know that just recently Anna had all the lost mythos that I was missing. Fantastic. So we're getting the, getting talk shoe. They tried, but they cannot mess with us. <laughs> they can't keep us down. <laughs> no, we're no longer talk shoe clowns, baby. <laughs> Those were the days. Talk they shoe. Were. Talk shoe was like our Newman. You know? It's like on sign Newman. Talk shoe. Recording live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we well, okay, let's end the podcast with a throwback. Recording has now ended. <laughs>